How you doing, my friends? You guys doing okay? Good. Did anyone, anyone bring me brisket for me? That sounded really good. No? Okay. That's all right. Um, really quick, I just want to say thank you, Dom, and then my friend, Rich. Rich. Um, Dom, I'm not sure if you realize this, but yes, that's, I'd say that's fine. Um, Dom, I'm not sure if you know this, but I came as a graduated high schooler, praise God I made it, um, as a super senior in 2005 in 330 plan. Dom's band was the worship band and left an impression on me then, and that was 17 years ago. Yeah, that's right. Um, so thank you, brother. I mean, and it's so cool to see you around or work with you in this way too now, but it's been a long time of you ministering to me in that way. His band name was the 330 plan based off of John 330 and John's, the Baptist confession of he must increase and I must decrease. So just, it's so cool to see your heart still that doing that. So praise God, brother, for you. Um, I'm going to pray really quick because I really want this to be um, helpful for you and I cannot do that on my own. So I want to give this to the Lord and that you would be encouraged after this time of just being together and um, talking about the word and some stories from camp. So let's, let's pray. Father God, thank you for these people. And I know some of them, some very familiar faces and some faces I've never seen before. And I look forward to meeting them and getting to know them. Lord, there's so many moving parts to this place. Um, it truly is an incredible picture of the body of Christ. And that if one part was gone, this place would crumble. And um, there's just so many pieces to it. And thank you for these people, Father God, that just care about this ministry um, whether it's their first time here and they're just interested in it or if they've been partners and, and um, coming alongside Hume for 30, 50, 30, 40, 50 years, whatever it may be, Father God, it's incredible. Um, you really are in charge of this place. You really provide whatever we need. It's incredible to see um, through fires, through COVID, through whatever it is, Father God, you just... You sustain this place, and you use the body of Christ to do so. So thank you for these people. I pray right now, God, we would um, just be encouraged and, and um, that we are all partners, and we are all the body of Christ working together for one common goal, that we would help your kingdom and your mission to seek and save the lost, um, whether that be a third grader in wagon train or a 60-year-old person at, a, at, a, at an adult's retreat, whatever it may be, Father God, we are here to be a part of that mission, and thank you for continuing to do so. I'm saving souls left and right up here, and it's incredible. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so I, like I said, some of you are friends of mine. Some of you I've never met before. Um, my name is Wagon Master Jeb is my camp name, and I've adopted that to be my real name. I changed my actual birth certificate to say that, so... Um, I took the job for that name and the quad So um, that came along with it. No, I love Hume Lake. I came up here, like I said, as a graduated senior. The last chance I could come up to camp, I got saved as a junior in high school, so later in life, and at that time, that was late in my life. Um, and, um, and came up on a scholarship, literally. Um, didn't have any money, and I was like... They said, there's one spot, do you want to go? There's a spot for you. So I, again, there, I just thought of that, and that is amazing. Um, Francis Chan was the speaker that week. 
I think that might have been the last time he was up here, I think. Um, I still remember his sermons. I still remember the worship. And then that week, I, again, I got saved as a late in my junior year. I did not care about school. I didn't know school existed. I thought it was just someplace to go to hang out with people. Um, got saved, and the Lord opened my eyes to everything, but especially the importance of just working hard and doing things well. So I started doing good in school my senior year. I didn't have very good grades, and I heard about this Joshua program. And again, it was week eight or nine in that summer, and was one of the last people to be admitted into the 2005 class of Joshua. Um, and there's something special about that year, not just because I was there. Um, I'm joking. Um, that was bad. Um, it was Darren McWaters' last year running the Joshua Wilderness Institute. So if you know Darren, he was just up here last week. Again, just an amazing partner up here and um, man of God and just awesome brother. Um, but Dallas DeWitt, who is now running the program, Corey Fenn, who's a regular speaker up here and did run the Wildwood program, is going to be helping in Hume SoCal. Evan Griffin, who has been up here for a long time, doing lots of things, um, is still up here. Jeremiah Nadeau, in charge of guest relations and, and sales, all were from that one year. And so it's so cool. 17 years later, I'm interacting with these Joshua brothers um, and lots of other guys, too. One guy's name was Titus Dinkins. He just came up and was visiting. Um, how many of you guys saw the Free Burma Rangers documentary? Did anyone see that? Free Burma Rangers? So it's an intense documentary, but there is a missions organization called the Free Burma Rangers where they go into hostile war zones and they get civilians out. So women and children that are being abused or whatever, they go into the worst place possible to get these people out. My friend Titus um, just became a helicopter pilot for them. And that is literally like signing, quite literally, he's, a, he's very aware that he is flying a helicopter, into a non-military helicopter into war zones for the sake of maybe saving one person at a time. And I talked to him a couple days ago while he was here, and I said, man, I mean, you realize, I mean, obviously, I'm, but I'm like, I'm just making sure he realizes what that means. Like, <laughs> dude, like that's, there's very likely you're going to be shot at regularly. And he's like, yeah. And he just got married. Uh, his wife's right on board. She's going to be an editor for their newsletters. And he, it was so amazing to see this guy that I was monkeying around with in Joshua now literally saying, I'm ready to lay my life down to, to help an innocent person out there, right? So just so many awesome memories from this place. And that was just one year. And then I spent six summers working in various places, a snack shop, um, gained about 35 pounds a week <laughs> that summer. And then the next summer, it was a skate park. I... Skateboarding led me away from the Lord. I was going to a youth group, faithful youth group attendee, started skateboarding and said, I want to go skateboard and hang out with these guys. Did that for about five years. That was awful. Got saved and then started, started working at skateboard ministries. And so it was so cool to see how the thing that led me away from the Lord is what he used, let me use to, to glorify him and bring kids to the Lord is through skateboarding. So um, worked at skate park one summer. And then Meadow Ranch for three summers in various roles. And then Hume, New England, back, 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 back in the day, 2013. I think maybe the second or third year it was running. I'm not sh quite sure on that. But anyways, love this place. Met my wife up here. Um, just love this place so much. I was an English teacher, middle school and high school English teacher in L.A. area. Got a call 
from Jeff Brannon, um, one of the directors in the program department, and Dallas DeWitt, and they said, there's an opening for Wagon Train, Wagon Master, and all he pictured was Shep, this Wagon Master Shep on this Mount Rushmore of Hume, right? And I was like, what? Why is he not there? Um, and through COVID and everything, there was, a, there was an opening in a director's spot. Like, that kind of stuff does not happen up here. Like, a lot of those positions, like Wagon Master Shep was here for 13 years, you know, things like that. So um, I was like, you need help that bad? You're calling me to run a wagon train? Like, what's going on, right? <laughs> Um, and, and, um, and then I hung up the phone and I was like, I looked at my schedule and I was like, it wouldn't even work. Like I couldn't even go because I was teaching into like the second week of summer. And, um, but then I started talking to my wife cause I had summers off and I was like, wait a second, if they need help that bad, how about we just go up there for the summer and do whatever, like literally just be floaters and, and just help out wherever, um, and let our kids spend time up at Hume and just have a great time. We have four children. Um, so we have four children, and we're like, let's just have our have a great summer up there. So I called Dallas back and said, hey, man, I, I don't know if I can make that date for the wagon train thing, but whatever um, we can do, we'll come up for the summer and just be there for a couple months and then go back to teaching because we are already going to move closer to our school anyway, so we are already going to pack up and move, so might as well take a good little detour. And then I got a call from him about a month later and said, no, we really want you to do the wagon train thing. And so I talked to my principal, who luckily was a, a believer, and I said, here's the deal. I got offered this position for a summer job. I know this is my job, but it kind of overlaps. And at that point, we were still doing online learning, distance learning. And, and he it was so awesome. And if it wasn't for him saying this, I would definitely not, it would have not worked out at all. He said, before I legally have to say no, be quiet. I get what you're saying. Just make sure you're teaching your classes and that all the stuff is returned on this date. And so I said, okay, before you legally say no, I'm going to hang up and go to Hume. So, um, so that first two weeks while I was up here to help out the wagon train, I was teaching my sixth graders from 8 to 1 in the morning, like 8 a.m. to 1 in the afternoon, while Jeff Brannon and Wagon Master Chip, the um, emeritus, the guy that passed me the baton, an awesome brother, they would kind of help run, or they were helping run camp in that morning. So it was crazy moving the family up here for a summer. We literally were like, we'll just come up for a summer and then go back because I love teaching. Um, I saw that as my ministry, is working in intense areas, inner city areas, and just loving on kids and getting chairs thrown at me and all that good stuff, which did happen. Um, and uh, so we came up, and about a month, month in, we were like, did we just did we just fall for the biggest trap ever? Like, are we really, like, this is amazing, and our kids love it, and the ministry is amazing, and public education is insane right now. Um, and I have a permanent credential that I could go back to teaching anytime. It's like, what if we just stay up for, until God moves us somewhere else? And it really felt like God just scooping us up and, and moving us. I've, I've always known that he's faithful, and I've seen him be faithful left and right, but I've never been a part of a thing where it was literally not even on our radar, and God was like, just... And even this is humbling, which is great for me. That first call to me was a butt dial. It was an accidental <laughs> call to me. Literally, Jeff Brandon was like, he asked Dallas, he said, could you send me his number? Because Dallas said, what about Jeff? And he said, well, send me his number. In doing that, he accidentally called me. And I was actually on a Zoom call with my students when he called. And Dallas was one of my good buddies, so I answered the phone. And then they're all like, their faces were white, like, oh. And I'm like, you rang? Like, what's going on? And they're like, anyway, so it's just crazy that God works in, in just amazing ways. So 
I don't mean to talk about me, but just showing you that that's why I'm here. I love this place so much. And now um, I want to encourage you with some encourage you with some stories from camp, with this verse in mind. Okay, so you don't need to turn there, um, but Philippians one. Um, like I said when I was praying, this place really is dependent on the body of Christ. And there are so many different parts to the body. And if one part of the body is missing, obviously it's not going to work very well. Um, and so I just want to read this verse. Um, and then share some stories, okay? So Philippians 1, 3 through 11. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy. Because, and this is the point, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart. For all of you are partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn with you or yearn for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that you may that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And a few things I want to stress there is Paul's literally praying with joy because of the partnership. He's in prison at this point. I don't equate wagon train to prison at all, but he's in prison at this point. And he's saying, I know the body of Christ is alive and well, and they're partnering with me in the gospel of Christ. I'm in the front line right here. I'm, I'm in prison right here, sharing the gospel with Roman soldiers, seeing this place get turned upside down. I know you guys are doing your thing over there. You're doing your thing over there. We're all partners, right? And that's amazing. And what I want to share with you is different examples of the partnership of the gospel I've seen up here, right? And it can be from, um, the first one is going to be from, donors, right? And people who, who donate to this place and love this place and partner with us in this way. So Wagon Train, we have 27 wagons now, which is amazing. So we can hold 270 people. We had to double the amount of counselors we have each week. So, um, but either way, there's 270 people out there every week now, which is amazing. Uh, I know my friend right up here earlier said that her, your grandchildren were there, how many years ago? 78 years ago? No, okay. Back in 78, yeah. Awesome, okay. Um, back then, so there used to be about 170 people back then, right? So 270 people out there right now. At the beginning of the summer, we have to clean out all the wagons. There's spiderwebs all over the place. There's coyote dens, whatever. There's tons of stuff going on in those wagons, so we have to clean them all out. And when we go into the wagons... I make sure that we look at the plaque that's on them and pray for that family and then pray for every kid that is going to be there in that summer, okay? And to thank God for the people that have made this thing possible and then also for the kids that will hear the gospel and then talk to their counselors that night or throughout the summer in there. So we pray for um, those wagons. 
One of the wagons happened to be the Zazo wagon. So Mark Zazo on the, um, lives up here now, um, I think functioning in some capacity on the board. Wonderful guy. So I saw him later that day, and I said, hey, Mark, I just want you to know, like, we were at your guys' wagon this morning, and we prayed over it. And he kind of was like, whoa. Um, and he said, you don't know what that means to me because his father, and I hope I'm getting the story correct, but his father that day or, or like that week had just been put in, um, or, or he, they just decided to put him in an, an elderly home. And they thought that was best, or they decided that's what's best for the family. And it was a really hard decision. And the, his father was having a very hard time. And he said he just, he, he felt like, I just don't know how I can be useful for the gospel in this place. And, it, and then that, that's the day I find him and say, hey, man, we prayed over the wagon your dad donated and that will be used for ministry all summer long. And he said, dude, I'm going to, or not dude. Um, he said, I'm going to tell him that and encourage him that right now he feels like he can't do anything. And let alone on the day that we pray for him, the day I see Mark and said, we pray for your wagon. Turns out the day that's the, the, that's the day his dad needs some encouragement that, his, that he can still work for the kingdom of God, right? And that was through him giving and building a wagon that will hold 100 kids throughout the summer, right? 10 kids a week, 10 weeks of camp. Pretty good at math, at least on that one. Okay, um, so that was one story. Just, just incredible how God worked on that one. Another one was a partnership between a son and a father. And if at Country Fair, I shared this story too, I think, um, there's these moments throughout the summer that are always like, this is a story I will tell if someone asks, well, how was summer, right? It was just this amazing, like, oh my gosh, that is amazing. Um, but there was this awesome dad who I got to know last summer, and it was so good to see him back up here. And then his son, who's a fifth grader. And we got talking and everything, and um, he's like, yeah, I just want to let you know that my, my son, we, we do travel baseball. And he says that they're really passionate about it, but they're, they're aware that it's a, it's a very worldly kind of subculture, right? Like just all, all you do is baseball. Like you got baseball practice four times a week. Then you go travel all over the West Coast every day. And church is kind of an afterthought when you're traveling that much and away from home on Sundays and Saturdays or youth groups and all that. And he says that because of that, they, they treat that as their ministry. And that they try to get, to, he tries to make connections with other dads, other moms, other parents. And then he even said, and guess what? My fifth grade son invited his buddy who has never stepped foot in a church, whose parents are against going to church, all this stuff. Um, he invited him and, and his buddy came. His, so this fifth grader doing ministry on his own invites his buddy and he comes. So that was like on Tuesday he told me that. When, or Thursday night, the gospel goes out. Um, and actually before the gospel, he comes up to me, the dad, and says, could you please just be praying for, for this kid, right? Like I, and the, the dad was wearing the weight of, he just cared so much for this kid and his family. And he said, would you, be, would you pray, or can we pray right now for him, that he would respond to the gospel after this? And we pray, and then share the gospel. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Afterwards, counselors, talking to counselors, and just out there and, um, helping kids if they need help, or whatever it may be. And the dad comes up to me, and he's got tears in his eyes. He can barely talk, and he's a big, burly baseball dad. I took a video of it so I can embarrass him and send it to all his friends that he was crying at camp. But, um, 
big old burly guy, and he, he could barely talk, and he said the, the, the kid stayed back, and he gave his life to the Lord, and he, and he, could, he could barely talk, and he just walked away because he, he just was so happy and just overwhelmed. And that, that in, in, in and of itself is incredible, but every week we get these surveys, um, and counselors and youth pastors can share comments and leave leave suggestions on how dirty the bathrooms are out there and how they need to get rebuilt and whatever. Um, and I say it's an 1840s camp, okay? We're just going with the theme here. Um, um, so on the comments, he leaves this thing, and he did not tell me this in person, but I read this. He said that that night when he was tucking all the kids in, all the boys in, praying for each one, going through, he got to his son, and his son looked at him, and he said, Dad, one by one, one by one, me and you will, will bring kids to camp and bring kids to church, right? And that was this thing, I'm tearing up right now, but that was that thing where it was a fifth grader had gotten it. A fifth grader was saying, Dad, I invited this kid, he got saved, and let's keep doing this. Let's be partners together. I'll keep playing baseball, and let's keep sharing the gospel and bringing kids to camp and, and all that. And that was amazing. Um, another one, a partnership. This was a partnership of just service. Um, and there's lots of needs around camp, and there's, we just had one last week, I believe, or maybe two weeks ago. Big volunteer group come up. We have a couple in the spring. Without these people, without the volunteers, camp really would not be ready. Like, quite literally, we do not have the hands and feet and strength to get stuff ready. Um, Dallas DeWitt, his father-in-law, awesome guy. He's a fire, retired firefighter. Um, and he said, my daughter's coming up or my granddaughter's coming up to Wagon Train this summer. I want it to be nice for her. So whatever you want me to do, I'm going to bring up six buddies for a week, put us to work. And I was like, yes, sir, we got plenty of work. That was awesome. He comes up, um, the Wagon Train bridge, or the bridge to Victory Circle in Wagon Train had gotten demolished last year with a big, um, with all the flooding from the snow and stuff. It just crunched it. It was bad. And so... Um, I said, okay, well, we can build a new bridge. Let's build a bridge, a beautiful, nice bridge out to Wagon Train or out to Victory Circle. And um, feel free, if it's not raining too hard tomorrow or snowing, feel free to go look at it. It is beautiful. Um, and so these guys worked on it all week long, got it done, amazing job. And after they went home and everything and it was all done, I went out there and took a picture of it and sent it to him. And I said, thank you so much. This is incredible. And I said, it's a beautiful bridge. And he wrote back, and all he said was, yes, and it leads to beautiful places. In the sense of, or no, no, I said, um, it's, it's more beautiful than the Golden Gate Bridge. And he says, yes, and it leads to better places. Um, uh, um, sorry, if you're, yeah. Um, and the whole idea that kids couldn't get to Victor Circle to share what God had done in their life without this bridge there, right? And that it was a, Literally, it's an analogy of even Christ himself. Like, we're stuck over here. Victory, celebration, life is over here. And without these guys laying down this bridge, this thing connecting the two, it wasn't possible. And um, I thought that was so awesome that he had that mind of, like, this is going to make it possible for kids to share the gospel, to share what God did in their heart. And I, it was a pleasure to work and do that. And, and then they put a plaque up there to actually... Um, honor 
Captain John White, who, who ran Firefighters for Christ for a long time. Bob Mole can tell me how many years. I don't know. It was a long time. Um, so that bridge is now dedicated to um, John and his wife and also to, to Firefighters for Christ in, in general, who put the time in to build that beautiful bridge to make it possible for kids to share what, gone, what had gone on that week. The last one. So that's a partnership just between their, them and their service. And then this last one was just a partnership between the staff and a camper. There's a camper. So in Wagon Train, I deal with very young kids. So they can come as an incoming third grader. So like eight and nine-year-olds can come to camp. And a lot of them, it's their very first time away from home. That's why we try to make the skits and everything so fun and silly and all of that is because we want them to not miss home but to want to be there and to make it like a mini Disneyland, Frontierland kind of thing of such a fun, beautiful place for them to be at. So we deal with homesickness often. Like that's a part of the thing we do for training is how do we deal with that. I had never seen homesickness to this level where I literally thought like if I'm almost, if their parent was here, I don't know if I'm like breaking a, a law by keeping her here. Like, she wants to go home so bad. And crying, like the whole thing. And, it, and usually it's like, here's some candy, here's a fun story, and they, they're like, they run away. Um, none of, nothing was working. And it was like, it was, I really had never seen um, a case that bad. And we always think, let's wait, wait one day, and then they see more fun skits. They get to know their friends. They have a lot of fun, whatever it may be, and they want to stay. So we waited one more day, and it, it just got worse and worse and worse. And to the point where I was like, I, I think I'm just going to, we're going to call her mom. And that is the worst idea ever made. Um, because once the mom's on the speakerphone, hysteria goes from 11 to 35. And, t- and 11 was already bad, 11 out of 10, right? <laughs> So, really bad. Um, and now mom's like, what did you just do, Wagon Master? Because now I'm having a screaming kid, and I'm, and I'm not going to come pick her up. So, this is just bad now. And, um, and so, I was like, that was a bad idea. Let me hang up right now. I will take care of your kid. I'll call you in the morning. Everything will be fine. So, then I talked to the trail guide. Awesome trail guides. They're like, what we'll do is we'll get a bunch of games We'll have a special night for their wagon to come into the outpost in this warm building and just play games for an hour or two and get them tired and go to bed. That worked perfectly, okay? The next day, still super homesick, not, not having it. But we just kept on encouraging her. Wednesday, finally got a little bit better, and then Thursday, I didn't see her, which was a great thing in my office. And then Friday, and, um, and it was just, for me, it was a partnership of the staff doing whatever they could to love on this little girl that really missed home, like a nine-year-old. And then on, at, or at Victory Circle, um, lo and behold, all these kids are sharing, right? Lo and behold, she stands up and all she says is, this week I learned how to trust God. And it was like, there we go. Like, that is amazing. And I even called the mom that next morning and said, your daughter learned how to trust God this week. And not just in a little bit, but like she wanted to go home so bad. But through the partnership of this, or my, the awesome staff that really just poured out their heart to love on this little girl and to show her a good time, that student, I don't know if she knew the Lord before, but she learned how to trust in him that week, which is how we get to know him. So, my friends, those are four examples of different partnerships, right? The first one, Zazo, that was a 
the donation of that wagon. And so much ministry has gone on in, in that thing. I'm not sure when that one was built. But some of the older ones, they are the original ones from 1964, right? So those lots of ministry has gone on in those wagons. Second one was a partnership between the son and the, the dad. Third one, the partnership of just those firefighters and their service, the time, their skill. And then the fourth one, the partnership of my staff with this awesome young girl. So um, I just want to finish with one more verse, my friends, to nail home the idea that we are a body. We, this is a partnership. And we, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I could not come to camp if it wasn't for people that were giving to this place. Uh, literally 17 years ago, I came on a scholarship and it's been a wild ride the last 17 years of doing ministry with the Lord because of what spawned from that summer with Joshua and then all of that. Um, so I just wanna thank all of you for what you do for this place and even just that you care about this place and wanna partner with this place, it's incredible. Let me read this verse and then we'll pray and then we'll go eat some, I think I saw it was cookies and a la mode or something, is that a surprise? Some uh, pie, who knows? Hopefully there's some brisket left. Okay. Um, brisket and ice cream sounds pretty good. Okay, let me read this and then we'll, we'll go. Um, Romans 12, and this is the body verse, right? For by grace, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving. And as I'm saying is, I think of how that was used this summer, right? And those are all examples that I just shared. If prophecy in proportion to the faith, if service in our serving, to the one who teaches in his teaching, to the one who exhorts in his exhortation, to the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So thank you for partnering with us. We could not do without you. It is a body. It is amazing. Speaking to everyone in this room, it, it really is awesome. And it all leads to just kids, adults, strangers walking by, looking for beer at the G store, whatever it may be, leading souls to Christ, right? And that has happened, the beer thing, it did happen. Um, where a guy was looking, that was a long time ago. If you haven't heard that story, a, a gentleman was looking for beer, and they said, well, we don't serve beer, but we have something better. And he said, what's that? And they said, Jesus. And he's like, hmm. And then he shared the gospel with him. <laughs> shared the gospel with him, and that guy got, got saved. And wow. that was an amazing story. So, um, and I think he's actually, like, he's come up since, and he's, like, he runs a, a missionary school in um, South America or something like that. And please correct me, Mike Drake, something like that, right? But anyways, let me pray for us, my friends. Father God, thank you for, for how good you are and thank you for that last song that the worship team just sang, the, how great you are and how we throw that word around, Father. Calling our food great or um, seeing a pretty bird great or whatever. Father God, 
you are all caps great. You are the only one worthy of that word. The word awesome, the word great, that was only should be attributed to you. Father, thank you for using us in our weaknesses, in our frailty, in our tiredness, in our whatever it may be, in our whatever weakness we have, Father God. Thank you that you just use us if we're willing to, to obey you. Thank you for the examples of partnerships we just talked about. Thank you for your Bible that says that we are partners in the gospel, that we are one body and we need each other and we can't do it without each other. Thank you for your word and that it all points to you, getting to know you like the end of that Philippians prayer that we would just love you more and that from there obedience would come and discipline would come and all of those things. But we need to love you first and help us just do that.